Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. I'm like, really? Okay, I thought I would get a heads up. This is your heads up. We'll be there in like five minutes. I called Valerie. I said, Valerie, you got to be at the youth building back there in five minutes. She got here. We got our final inspection on Monday. They've called Intergy. They'll be out by the end of the week to pull the lines through so we can get electricity, get our OC, which means we have certificate of occupancy in Jesus' name. Making progress. I keep telling you we're ripping the front off, but at least we have a sign that says we are. Pardon our progress. And did you see what happened over here? They're making way. Mickey D's is coming, which is great. Uh, Man camp was just amazing. Just amazing. Huh? I'm coming. Man camp was just amazing. Steve, Ron, Brian, man, crawfish for days. Uh... Pulled pork. Uh, I'm gonna make y'all hungry. Steve made this this uh, pica de gallo stuff. I told him, I said I want to get the whole bucket and just like ah. you know Steve makes stuff in buckets right. Just ah, I just I just it was it was amazing, and of course Ron's cooking and 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 Brian did the crawfish. Flourish was here on Saturday. And I hear you ladies had just an awesome time with Paula Lejeune. Thank you to Valerie and Charlene, the team, making that happen. It looked beautiful. I saw the pics. Uh, posted them in my story, which is what I do. Uh, but just, just great. So Luke 24 is where we're going. Luke 24, 49 through 52. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Let me say this. Thank you for praying for my mom. I know you guys have been. You were texting me. Thank you so much for that. It means the world to me. And uh, even at Pastors University, I had to cut out uh, a little early from down there. And Pastor Larry and a lot of those guys were praying with me. And I'm thankful for that. Just uh, uh, just believe in God for, um, for a touch on her. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Notice that. I send the promise, but... The implied is you. You tarry in the city of Jerusalem. You wait in the city of Jerusalem until. And he led them out as far as Bethany. Speaking of Pastor Larry. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he parted from them and carried, was carried up into heaven. And, and they worshipped him and returned to where? That's where he told them to go, right? You wait in Jerusalem. So they returned to Jerusalem and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Today we're continuing our series, Mile Markers on the Road to Pentecost. This is part two. You need to go listen to part one. I'll give you a little bit of a review, but you need to go check it out. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truth, which is in that word. Speak to our hearts exactly what we need to hear today, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 
God bless you. You may be seated. I've been fascinated with road signs forever. I told you about that. When I was a little bitty tyke, two or three years old, I wanted to touch those white road signs, street signs in Old Lake Charles. I just wanted to touch one. It was like a monk thing. I, I got to touch it. And, and I walked up to it at two years old, and I touched it. And it, it felt so good, Chris, that I touched it. I was like, wow, I'm touching it. And then I realized there were about 8,000 fire ants touching my leg at the same time. And I started screaming and hollering. But the joy of touching the street sign was worth enduring the suffering of the fire ants, Randy. It was just so awesome. Street signs. I never knew how fascinated I was with them until I started thinking about this message. Because I went to seminary, and while I was at seminary, I passed a gigantic mile marker. They're much larger when you just like try to pick them up than they look, right? on the side of the road as you're passing them. And I was at seminary, and I saw a mile marker sign on the side of the road laid out flat. Somebody had hit it, and it still had the, the post on it. And so I, I pulled my Camaro, my 1984 Camaro over, and I put that thing inside my Camaro. And I took it to my dorm room, and I put it up in there. And they did surprise room inspections. And because I had stolen a street sign, I called it borrowing it, uh, I knew I would get in trouble, so I chunked it out the back window so the, the guy wouldn't see me. You know, it was seminary. They're looking for, you know, drugs or porn or something like that, trying to catch us, you know. And I, I had a street sign, and I chunked it out the window so they wouldn't see it. Now, I was in seminary at that time. Well, apparently I wasn't doing too good in seminary. I mean, I stole a street sign. and Then I left church, backslid, moved to Nashville trying to be a rock star. And when you know it, I saw a street sign on the side of I-40 up there. And I put that thing at this time now in my older, nasty old Volkswagen Rabbit. Somehow I got it in there. And I took it home and I put it in my room. And I had that street sign in there for a while. And I didn't care if anybody caught me with that thing. And, uh, and even today, I'm still fascinated. Let me show you once again. Somebody gave this to me. They just walked up and gave it to me. I don't know where it came from. You can probably guess. It's probably local. It's probably right outside those doors. And I have this in my office, yay, even to this day. Look at that, Daigle Road. We're just happy to be here on Daigle Road. So, here's the premise for this series. Jesus was crucified on Passover, rose from the dead three days later, spent 40 days with his disciples, ascended from the Mount of Olives, and 10 days later in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was born. And we'll celebrate that on Pentecost Sunday. This year is May 23rd. We'll celebrate that on Pentecost Sunday. But in those brief 40 days from Passover to Pentecost, and, and, and then you have Jesus with them for 40 days, and then they go wait in Jerusalem for another tent. In those brief 40 days, Jesus... Gave them things to do. Things took place. Significant things. Consequential things. Mile markers, if you will, on the road to Pentecost. And so we're looking at them. We looked last week at restoration. Peter was restored to his calling before he was released into his Pentecostal destiny. 
But he had to get things straight with Jesus. He, he had to have this encounter. He had denied the Lord. He had to have this encounter that looked like the first encounter. Jesus would restore him, and he would become the tip of the Spirit, Pentecost, and preach that sermon that led the church in, into a, a, such an extent that they turned the world upside down. It was a mile marker of restoration. Go listen to it. It's awesome. Today, we're looking at another mile marker. And in our reading, we see this group of people. They were told to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. So, so what do those specific instructions mean? Go to Jerusalem and wait. Well, at their core, they mean this. They mean to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. To be in the right place at the right time with the right people. And so I want to look at these three. Are you with me? So let's look at the right place. Where is the right place and then how does that apply to us? Well, for those first century believers, it was a literal location with a physical address. Not a P.O. box, not an email, a literal location with a physical address in Jerusalem. In an upper room is where they would settle and that would be an upper room within the temple complex. It was this huge complex, the temple was. and It's an upper room in the temple complex. And, and that particular place was the right place for each of them individually. In other words, they were all supposed to be there in that place together. Where? That upper room in Jerusalem in the temple complex. Acts 2, 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place, the upper room. It sounds insignificant. doesn't sound real important, but I think it really is. Church, for us to have a personal Pentecost, to launch our own Pentecostal destiny, there's a place where we have to meet a place where we have to show up, a literal place with a physical address. Now, I know it's getting deep in here, right? That's some deep thoughts, right? Like, a place, a physical place. And for me, for me, it's 15050 Daigle Road in Prairieville, Louisiana. I don't have to go to Jerusalem on the, on the Temple Mount and try to find an upper room. We went there, prayed in that place, but that's not the place I, I'm supposed to be. I'm at 15050 Daigle Road. Sometimes I'm at 3844 Noble Street in Zachary. And, 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 and sometimes it's in homes. Sometimes it's other places like Tioga, right? We were just there. Tioga, I hate the fact that that 1800 Hickory Hill Road was re, redesignated instead of a Tioga address. That, that old campground is now a Pineville address. I just can't wrap my mind around that. It's Tioga, baby. It's not Pineville. Pineville's upscale. Tioga, camp meeting time, you know, or as we say sometimes, cramp meeting, right? It's 
It's camp meeting time. And, and, and sometimes that's the place. Really, that's, that's the stuff of legend. Brian Booth, we were just at man camp, and he was uh, talking about how he got his own personal Pentecost in 2018, talking about it around the table as we had a good time eating all that food and playing some worship music and singing. And he talked about how that it was there at that campground, at that man camp, where, where God filled Brian Booth with the Holy Ghost. It was a place. There were people meeting together there. Incidentally, that location, 1800 Hickory Hill Road, every July there's a camp meeting. It's the longest running camp meeting in the, on the face of the earth. And there have been more people filled with the Holy Ghost in that one place than anywhere else on the face of the earth. It's pretty, that's right up the road, two and a half hours up the, up the road in Tioga, Pineville, whatever. But my regular right place, y'all, it's right here. I don't want you to underestimate the power of a place. A regular meeting place. A building. Whether you own it or not is irrelevant. The first church didn't own the temple. They didn't own Solomon's porch. Paul didn't own the school of Tyrannus. But a place was needed. It's a mile marker on the road to Pentecost. I was thankful for our house on Manshack Place. That's where LifePoint started, in our living room. And then I was thankful for River Community Church. God bless those Presbyterians. First Pres downtown planted River Community. River Community opened the door for us, and we used their facility on Sunday nights. And many people were filled with the Spirit. Many people turned to Jesus in that facility. I thank God for River Community. And then, Tiggy to Plessis. I was so disappointed in the road name, you know. Tiggy was a guy, and, and that's a cool name, right? But when I was trying to tell people where we were located, it was like, well, it's on Tiggy Duplessis Road. And the local yokels got it. You know, they're like, yeah, oh, I know where Tiggy Duplessis That's a cut through right there. But, but, you know, when I'm dealing with outsiders that don't know Louisiana culture, they're like, I'm sorry, what was that? Tiggy Duplessis. What? Tiggy Duplessis. Tiggy! It's like piggy with a T. Tiggy Duplessis Road. But I thank God for Tiggy Duplessis Road. We needed that place, and God did amazing things on Tiggy Duplessis Road. And then next, we came here to Daigle Road, and now Noble Street in Zachary. These are places where we can go together, dig into the Word together, praise and worship the Lord together, Experience the power and presence of Jesus together. A place is a mile marker you have to have. You've got to go past that mile marker to get to those Pentecostal, suddenly there came a sound from heaven kind of experiences. Aren't you thankful for a place where we can worship together? Thank you, Jesus. The second thing is you need to be in the right place at the right time. Think about it. Jesus told them to go now. Like, go tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Don't, don't wait around. You go right now. And, and that's where you're going to wait. Well, they were drooling watching Jesus fly away and kind of lost in the moment. You know, I got I, I to be careful. I'm online. 
hypothetically speaking, you know, there are some people that, that forget to close their mouth, you know, when they take pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, I hope you're not one of them, but it makes for funny pictures, you know. And, and that's what they were doing. They could have taken a selfie, you know. They're, they're looking up, gazing, and they're not going to Jerusalem. They're stuck right there in that moment, just stuck there watching as Jesus flew away. And, and so the angel comes down. He's like, what are you doing? Skedaddle. He told you to go. Like, get on. Get on out. You got to go to Jerusalem. You're, you're, it's, the, it's the right, it's the right, it's, it's right, right now is the right time for you to be there, but you're in the wrong place. You got to go there. Go where he told you to go and go now. It was imperative that they be at the right place at the right time. And, and they would wait there for 10 days. Their Pentecostal experience hinged on that. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, you've got this fully come type thing. But don't discount this 10 days of waiting in the right place at that time. The 10 days were part of the right time. Are you with me? Like the day of Pentecost was going to be explosive. But the, the days prior to the day of Pentecost, those nine other days, they were the right time as well. They mattered. And during those days, they got in the Word. They prayed. They worshiped. They fellowshiped. They did it again the next day. Being in the right place is vital. Being there at the right time is just as important. The right time, 10 days prior to the miracle, they were there just showing up and doing what they could do. Don't just come to church when you need a miracle. Don't try to guess what day your miracle is going to be here and you just show up for that day. You, you need to understand, you're not wasting time when you come to church and you don't get your miracle. Right place, right time. Nothing's happening for nine days. 90% of the time, nothing was happening. But they were where they were supposed to be. And there was this 10% day that was going to show up. They never would have gotten there had they not endured the 90%. I want to encourage somebody. You Listen, just come to church every time the, the doors are open. That's the right time. That's the right time. 10 o'clock on Sundays. 7 o'clock on first Mondays. Hello, tomorrow night. We do that, you know. We do show up and pray. Ladies prayer, 3M prayer, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. That's the right time. 90%. I hope it's not that percentage for us. You, I hope you get something every time the doors are open. But if you don't, the right time is still so much the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. I mean, every time the doors are open, get your tail in service because God could do something amazing at any time, but you got to be there all the time to get those suddenly moments in Jesus' name. Don't underestimate the right time. It was a literal time, literally on a clock, on a sundial in those days. It was, it was a specific time. Like we have revival services here. 
That those are important. Once a month, we've been doing revival. We got one coming up with Glenn and Madonna, the middle of May. It's going to be great. The, the miracle's not always happening when you're there, but it will. And in the meantime, that meantime is part of the right time. You go to church in the meantime, or you'll miss your moment. Everybody say, I don't want to miss my moment. Look at somebody and tell them, don't miss your moment. Think of it this way. We're digging in the Word. We're mining for truth. We're praying together. We're praising together. We're worshiping Jesus together. We're fellowshipping each other and encouraging each other. We're doing things that we can do. And if we'll just keep on doing that, I promise you God will show up and do things that only God can do. That's exactly what happened here. So, right place, right time, but you have to be with the right people. Now, on the surface, that just sounds terrible, right? The right people. But it's not. Check, check this out. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6. Paul saying this to the church at Corinth. I delivered you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that's Simon Peter, then by the twelve, and that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep or passed away. So here you have this 500 brethren and this seems to be centered around the resurrection and or the ascension that we read about. 500 people saw him raised from the dead. 500 people were around as he flew off, you know, like in a flash. But in, first, uh, but in Acts 1.15, it says there were only 120 in that upper room, that place. So 380 people peeled off. Think about that. That's quite an exodus, wouldn't you say? They just saw Jesus raised from the dead physically. There he is. Wow. Check it out. High five. Isn't that awesome? Go wait in Jerusalem. I'm right on that. So I don't know if they all peeled off before the first day. I would imagine not. I would imagine they started going, and then day two, some of them are like, you know, i got some things to do. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, but the promise of the Father hasn't happened yet. Like, we hadn't, yeah, that hadn't, well, you know, got to run. Okay, we'll see you later, man. We love you. Boom, gone. You know, a few more peeled off on day two. Day three. Some other people are like, I got business to take care of. My cell phone's blowing up. You don't know how many text messages I have right now. I got emails. I got work at the office. Boss is calling me. You know, day four, day five, the herd's thinning. Day six, day seven. And by day 10, 380 people gone. They just couldn't hang. But you know what's cool? Pentecost still happened with the ones who were left, the ones who were still in the house with the 120. That tells me the 380 were not required 
for the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. As long as the 120 kept digging, praying, praising, worshiping, fellowshipping. The 380, they weren't bad people. They just got distracted. They may have come back in. You know, by the end of the day, 3,000 had joined the church. Maybe it was some of them. But the 120 that stayed, man, they were the ones that got the business taken care of. They weren't perfect. It wasn't 120 perfect people, and the 380 were bad people. They were all just people. It's just 120 of them said, I'm going to stay in the right place at the right time until what he promised comes to pass. I'm going to stay in church, y'all, until Jesus returns from heaven. So much the more as you see the day approaching. He's coming soon. And I want to be in the house of God with the people of God waiting and expecting when he returns. Can you give him some praise right now? Hallelujah. They were united, committed together, determined together, and they belonged there. The 120 belonged in that place together. As a matter of fact, I would say they had been called to that place, called to that house. We know the Lord told them that, but I'm just saying I think it goes a little bit deeper. And the reason is because in the four verses that describe what's going on there, they're all, they, listen listen to that pronoun, they were all in one accord in one place. Who are the they and the all? Chapter 1 sheds light on exactly who they, they were. And, and there's some hints and allegations as to who else it might be. Notice, here's specifically who was there. Simon Peter. Andrew, Peter's brother. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Z- uh, Thunder. Philip, who was from the same town as Andrew and Peter, Bethsaida. Thomas, also known as Didymus, the twin Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, who was identified by Jesus to be a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. Matthew, known as Levi and the son of Alphaeus. Simon the Zealot, James the son of Alphaeus. Judas, or Jude, son of James, also known as Thaddeus. Joseph, also known as Barsabas, also known as Justice. Matthias was there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And then the other brethren who may have been there, are involved in or around the Passion Week, Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, Zacchaeus, used to be blind, Bartimaeus, James the Younger, maybe John Mark. I would argue that every single one of them mattered. They brought something to the table in that upper room. They had influence on each other. And later they would influence 16 nations on the day of Pentecost. Each of them brought their own unique influence to the table. And they all mattered. And I would say right here and right now in this place... Janet and Jane and Dan and Summer and Brenda and Karen and Rob and Heather and Aaron and Allie and Brendan and Lizzie and Nick and Shana and Mike and Chloe. I could go on and on. If I, if I read this list, I'm going to miss somebody and offend somebody. And you, and you might be one of the 380 that peels out. I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, 
Every single person in this house matters. You bring something to the table. The one that's been here for 15 years and the one who just got here today. I'm telling you, you matter. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people. And God is going to send us an earth-shaking revival that changes the world. Come on, give him some praise right now. Stand with me in this house. Stand with me right now. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people. And the most important thing that we can do besides gather together when we're supposed to gather together with the people that we're supposed to gather together with is we have to be in one accord, unified, one accord. It sounds like a rope. Just individual threads woven together, made stronger, powerful because of their connectivity. A network that goes and fishes for men. A net bound together, connected by our love for each other, by similar purpose. I'm on a mission. I got my role, you got your role. I got my lane, you got your lane. But we're headed under the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ on a mission to change the world. Unity was so important. And man, they would have their challenges. Lord have mercy. That first church. Hey, trouble in church is no new thing. It was in the first church. Lots of it. Arguing, bickering. Well, it looks to me like the Greeks, looks to me like the, the Greek widows are being neglected. Caring for them Jews. Prejudice. Oh, well, I tell you what, we're going to appoint seven men to take care of those Greek widows, make sure that the table's full of crawfish and etouffee for them. We're going to take care of all oh, their Greek. I'm sorry. It's going, we're going to have, you know, chicken shawarma and, well, I'm trying to be funny, right? Tabbouleh. We're going to take care of them. Appointed seven men with Greek names to be over that. We're going to take care of that. We're going to deal with it. We'll deal with it. We'll organize, reorganize, structure. We're going to get it straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got. But, hey, here's why we're working on that. We're on a mission to change the world, y'all. We've been knit together. We're going to strive for the unity of spirit. We're going to strive to walk together lockstep, arm in arm. You with me, I'm with you. We're different, but we're on mission together to change the world. We're not looking for cookie-cut Christians. You don't have to be like me. You know, it's funny. You know, I, I'm, the, I, I'm the guy that dresses casual a lot for church, and I used to get hate for that, and then, then I had other people, like, they, like I'm going to dress down too. And it was kind of funny, like Saul's armor, right? I'd see some guys, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to be cool, and they're, casual dress, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they ain't cool. They ain't cool. They don't know how to do it. Stop it. Put that suit back on. Stop it. And when I'm in a suit and tie, sometimes I feel like I'm in Saul's armor. I'm just, here's the deal. You just got to be who you, God's called you to be. You can only be you. But God's got you in this place at this time with these other people. You bring something to the table that I don't bring. And I bring something to the table that you don't bring. But together, y'all, 
God wants to blast us, man. Just shoot us out into this world. Powerfully united. And thank God for it. Amen. Would you close your eyes with me right now? Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. For your word, your kindness, your mercy. Right place, right time, right people. Hallelujah. In this house, I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God you are. Nobody like you. Powerful. And God, you've thought enough of us to call us on mission and to send us out together, together, together in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.